The journey with the four to their hive had Raya in a daze. The woman, Anshaga, explained the first change and showed Raya how to change again. The two twisted creatures, Nak and Snig, whooped and hollered as they saw her snow-white fur. But neither Anshaga nor the man who had not introduced himself responded. Once she was secure enough with moving on all four, they set out to cross the ridge to the north. Slowly she realized the clear pecking order in the group. Nak bullied Sneeg at any given opportunity, snapping at their heels. But Anshaga tolerated no insubordination from Nak, punishing them in return if they so much as looked in her direction. Raya assumed that Nak was female and Sneeg male, judging from their voices. But even with a wolf's enhanced sense of smell, she couldn't be sure, their sense masked by an odor of rancid sweat and filth. Nak's coat came in patches, skin split in places showing flesh and bone beneath. And Sneeg's face was twisted at an unnatural angle, tongue dangling out the side of their mouth. But Anshaga had a thick, shiny black coat that reminded Raya of an oil spill almost, and the silent man's fur was a light bluish gray, looking more like the wolves she'd seen in pictures in school. Raya did not ask any questions, in fact did not make a sound except for her labored breathing as she tried to keep pace with the four others. She had gotten all the answers she needed at the fireplace, and for now she simply followed. There would be time to reflect on it later. None of them addressed her during their journey, and as they traveled the sun rose on the horizon, adding to her exhaustion. When they finally reached their destination, a small, run-down resort attached to a hot spring, the sun was high in the sky. Only then did the leader turn to Raya. You are already dancing the spiral inside, Raya once Carmen. Anshaga spoke with a soft whisper, grabbing the still wolf-shaped Raya by the muzzle and digging her nails into her flesh. Take on your warrior form and walk the caverns here. Learn from our elders of betrayal of sorrow, and of vengeance, and then dance, dance until your mind shatters. For a maddening second, Raya's former human mind screamed at her, and fear gripped her heart. She had to run. These people were dangerous. They would kill her. But the words Anshaga had spoken, the mention of the spiral inside, she felt it. It resonated somewhere within her heart, and it called out for knowledge, for a reason greater than herself to justify fanning her desire to destroy everything around her. She was led to a small cavern, barely big enough for her to crawl through in her warrior form. Sneeg had called it Krinos, she remembered. The white fur and rippling muscles crisscrossing her body felt familiar now. She recognized it as part of herself. Yet that thought in itself was baffling. If this was her, had she lived in a dream for all her life, locked in a shape too small to contain all that anger and frustration? Yet once she was inside the cave, those thoughts vanished as the drumming began. She felt the drums, but she didn't see the drummers, a deep rhythmic beating that reverberated inside her chest. She recognized it immediately, it was the same rhythm she heard every time the devil came in. 
the rushing of blood in her ears, the heat coiling in her stomach, screaming to be let out, the absolute cold of her mind. All thoughts fled. A rage built. She wanted to hurt someone. Shadows swirled around her as she rose to her feet. Jeers and howls, cackling and gibbering, filled the air. Sensations of hot and cold, wet and dry all around her. Despite her size, despite the newfound strength in her that could tear a man's head off his shoulders, Raya shrunk at this twisted whirlwind of sensations, all her senses overloaded. Arms reached out and groped and stroked and clawed and beat her, fangs glistening in the dark, and wet, slimy tongues ran through her fur, tasting her. Yet each time she moved to shove them away, they were gone, as if it was ghosts that touched her. She snarled, ears flat against her head, but her indignation was met only by more mockery. Then a strange howling screech cut through the air, louder than any of the others, shaping the song of all present until Raya realized she could make out a story in the chaos. Listen to the legends of our tribe, the voices called out, and Raya heard the howls and snarls of mighty warriors, the chill winds across the moors of her ancestral homelands, the sounds of battle with invaders. Before her, the shadows danced the war. Proud we were, white howlers, strongest of all Gaia's children. Suddenly wet burning sensations streaked across her body like acid as she was smeared with something thick and sticky. A flash of light, there and then gone, and she saw that it was blue paint swept in glyphs and patterns all through her white fur. The light, she realized, was for the onlookers, whose excitement grew even more chaotic and loud. Mighty Lion was our patron, king of the heaths, enemy of the Romans. With his help, we struck deep into their armies, carving out their hearts and sending them running. The recitation's solemnity was at odds with how everyone was behaving, and Raya realized she was barely even walking anymore, the groping hands slowly shoving and pulling her forward through the cave. But the Wyrm wanted to test us and he brought his gentle touch into the hearts of our parents, our lovers, our children. Exaggerated sobbing and moaning followed, mixing with the sounds of claws rending flesh. We had to kill them. We knew not better. North! We went north! The words repeated like an echo throughout the caverns. To bring vengeance to the Wyrm who had taken our kin from us. Vengeance! 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 What we found was a gash in the world. What we found was the heart of the worm, our ancient foe. This was our chance to strike at our enemy. The hands became even more eager and violent as the story progressed, and Raya fell to the ground repeatedly, shoved by clawed, furred, and twisted hands. She tasted blood in her mouth as teeth broke against the hard stone, only to reform and regrow mere moments later. We call our brethren, the other tribes, brothers, sisters, help us! Come now and take the burden that is yours, our strength and purity flags. Let the torches of your knowledge guide us through this dark and terrible place. The voice calling out was different. It was a woman's, ancient yet powerful, and it was drowned out with silence. Only silence. This time, terrible silence. 
Come, lest worse monsters emerge from this place. A young voice, husky and high, call out, again followed by silence. The apocalypse is here. The voice was strong and powerful, a roar of anger more than anything else. Fight with us and be the first of the first. Silence. Come now. Or be judged. Another voice pleaded. A, a man's voice, firm initially, yet quickly wavering. No good can come from dancing the black spiral. Our song will not end here, sang the voices of a dozen people in unison, and Raya flinched, speaking up before she could stop herself. Then why must I dance if it is not good? We are not good, the crowd yeared at her, and she was pressed once more into the ground, something filthy and rotten cushioning her face. We are the scum of the earth, the depraved and corrupt and the filthy. For every sin imaginable, we stand testament. We are the sickness, the fever, and the night terrors. We are the symptoms of the illness in all blood traitors. They failed us. They failed you. Each statement was met with a violent howl of jubilation, and Raya climbed to her feet once more, wiping at whatever had been smeared into her face. Then why should I join you? Her voice trembled now uncertain. Because we are free, came the reply, the voice of one once more. Because you will be free, free to love whom you want, fuck and breed with whom you want, free to take what you want, free to eat, to drink, and to revel, free to kill, to maim, to hurt whoever you want. The world has ended, the singing began once again. The war is over. The mother lies bleeding and rotting and dying. We dance on her rotten form. We laugh at her dying breaths. The Garou hate us, and we hate the Garou, for they see themselves in us, and we see only our betrayers. Raya felt herself spiraling, her mind struggling to keep up. She had learned about some of these words, but the way it was all told to her now... The assault to her senses made her feel as if she was clutching at straws. The story told to her, incoherent and out of order. We exist for only one purpose, Raya wants Carmen. The voice of Anshaga found her through the chaos, howling in the wolf tongue. Only one thing does the weir mask of us. What is that? To show them what they could be if they would only let him in. To show them what they are in their hearts and souls. Suddenly someone leapt at her from the darkness. Claws were drawn, fangs bared, and a snarl of murder on their lips. Raya felt like she ought to be scared, ought to reel back. But instead she met the challenge head on. Maybe it was a devil riding her that helped her decide. But she brawled with the challenger, clawed at their hide until she tore the flesh of their belly out, spilling their guts on the floor. The creature before her twisted and turned, trying to keep their stinking, steaming insides in. But Raya felt no remorse as she bit down hard on their neck, their life ending with a sad yip. After all, they had attacked her. The laughter echoed inside her skull now as the hands once more began to caress and push her, 
almost carrying her to a chamber lit with the same baleful green flame as she had seen on the mountaintop. For the first time since she had entered, she saw people, none that she recognized but the eyeless man from before, and all in the large warrior form. Some were twisted like cock and sneeg, others almost too perfect, every hair on their body in even symmetry, radiating not beauty, but malevolence. She saw it then, the spiral painted on the cave floor in blood. She needn't be told what to do, and she only glanced down at her matted, blood-stained, shit-smeared fur, the blue barely visible anymore, as she began to dance. Her body moved rhythmically to the drumming, and silence had overtaken the onlookers. She took her time, her eyes wide open as she stared at every one of the black spiral dancers who had tormented and heckled her, who had tortured her, challenged her, and taught her of her line's past. Each face was showing only one emotion, anticipation. As she moved ever closer to the spiral's middle, she felt her fur stand up as if charged, and her vision wavered like waves of heat on a warm summer's day, replacing the cave with chilling, crippling darkness. She fell, then ran, then stumbled, and leaned against impossibly tall walls of obsidian. None of her senses could help her. She could not see, she could not hear nor speak. Her hands reached out, only to be raked by the howling winds around her. She began to dance again. It was all she could do, all her fevered mind could think of. As she danced closer to the end of her journey, she felt it. She felt the devil around her. In the air, in the ground, in the walls. She felt its eyes. For once, it was looking at her, not out of her, and it smiled at her. It was a smile of sin and of pain, agonizing pain. She howled then, a small shriek erupting from her throat in the face of this massive devil, and she saw for only the briefest moment herself, tiny and insignificant, a fleck of dirt, and she knew all that the devil knew, saw all that the devil had seen. I see you, Carmen, she whispered. Raya! She howled in return, her birth name burning her like the lashing of her father's belt. Raya! She hissed, stumbling backwards out of the spiral into the cave once more. Raya! Howled the voices in unison. Raya! Raya! She howled back. Kimberly's bloody dead face flashed in front of her. Raya! It is only fitting said the eyeless man quietly, his voice worming into her ear through the noise that your name comes from your greatest betrayal. Raya, she called you, and Raya you shall be. Blessed be Raya, Black Spiral Dancer. For this video, I would once again like to thank Rufflejax for the help with both editing and sensitivity reading. Thank you for making the ending much punchier. I would also like to thank Yudan, Idran, Huddy, and the Toe Ring for their input on the script for this video, and Zero Zix for great pointers on mood and motivations. The four grandchildren of Cain wait patiently for the time of judgment to arise. Snow, 
wise beyond his years and powerful in his compassion. Bambi Parsons, a leader with an unbreakable will. Dr. Sheepington, whose wisdom, like the ocean, is deep and broad beyond our understanding. And Dugal, whose thirst for blood is matched only by his strength of will. Their childhood the Methuselah control our every move through their timeless jihad. They are Her Satanic Majesty Dani, whose mere presence chills the heart. Maximilian S. Hardcastle, tutor of countless ventrue in the arts of the jihad. Socrates Johnson, whose understanding and compassion knows no bounds. Lauren Eason, a skillful and trustworthy ally and friend. The observant and calculative Procyon, as well as Alexander Kanehurst, inquisitive explorer of the world of darkness. On the Council of the Primogen are seated Edward Reed, Colin Gifford, 06, Stonewolf 18, Ian Nichols, the Black Friar, Ravenfang, Red Hardwick, Pilgrim, and Gatham Mathrox, wise leaders and of good judgment. The Council would also wish to welcome Lily of the North Star to the rank of Elder. Your support is greatly appreciated. We would also wish to once more honor the Ancillae Shadow Mind. Your loyalty and friendship is beyond a shadow of a doubt. Naturally, all our elders, Ancillae, and neonates receive our gratitude from the bottoms of our hearts. Without your support, this would not be possible. And thank you for watching. You have already walked the spiral inside. Now you must dance the black spiral.